Welcome to another episode of Holistic Healing Space, a podcast to share holistic and spiritual insight, to offer hope, healing, inspiration, and wisdom along our journey home. I'm your host, Holly, and today I have an amazing guest for you, Nicole Pauly. Nicole is a doctor of Chinese medicine. She's also a mum of four, and she works with couples in guiding them through how to work with fear and pain with birthing classes. In this episode, we discuss the benefits of acupuncture and Chinese medicine in creating balance, healing illness, and releasing deep-seated emotions. We talk all things mind, body, soul, spirit, and emotions, as well as trauma, holistic healing, meditation, introspection, intuition, and expansion. We hope you enjoy our chat. So welcome, Nicole. I'm so, so pleased to have you on this podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. It's awesome to see your face and even you too. It's been a number of years, hasn't it? It has actually. Four years or so? Five years, yeah. Five years. Wow, time flies. Yeah, no, hasn't it? But do you know, very honestly, talking to you was like, I just saw you the other day, yeah? I thought it would be. I love that. (laughs) The nice thing, isn't it, to sort of pick up and, and, you know, it's I think it's one of the things when you know that you've got a good connection that you can do that yeah 100% so thanks again would you like to tell us a bit more about what you do as a therapist sure I guess as a doctor of Chinese medicine I like to think that my job is just very much about talking to people you know I I love a good old chat and so the majority of my day is talking my word quota is extremely high and it's one of my best Probably funnest parts of my job is talking to many different people, connecting in that way. So for me, it's yeah. it's definitely about connecting. But as a doctor of Chinese medicine, it's a very varied role. Where I work at the Jong Centre, it has a, uh, a big base of cosmetic acupuncture. And this is only something that I've moved into recently. It's been a love of mine though, for a very long time, particularly when I first uh, graduated from uni, that I moved into a bit of cosmetic and then I moved away from it. But the general scope is it fulfills a, oh God, I, I would have to say a childhood uh, dream. As a kid, I actually remember wanting to be a nurse. I also remember wanting to be later, you know, a few years later, I'm thinking a nurse would be great, but wouldn't someone who did something with beauty, like a beauty therapist, be awesome? So I feel like I've incorporated that and created that into my own little desire. So. Not only am I looking at beauty, I'm looking at people's health as well. And that's probably the best part of working as a cosmetic acupuncturist is that it's not just about looking at a face and seeing where we can uh, make things look and feel better or zhuzh things up, but it's also about let's work internally as well. So it's that internal, external connection, which is a massive part of Chinese medicine. It's such a beautiful mix. In saying that, there's, a, there's you know still that great following of just general health care and I think that's probably the biggest thing that if I can bring a different idea or a different thought for people to think about, you know, taking responsibility for themselves and going, well, how about we look at it from this way? Then that's a big part of my job. It's it's providing holistic care. And yeah. um, I absolutely love it. It's a job that I love. And I don't know, you know, each year when we re-register with APRA, they always ask us, how long do you intend to actually work in this job? I will I will be doing this till my dying days because it's a lifestyle. Yeah, I love it. And you're amazing at it. I remember the first time I actually met Nicole, yeah, when she was working 
in Richmond. I was teaching yoga at the centre at the time yeah, yeah. and I thought, oh, I'd love to try acupuncture. I'd heard so many good things about it and I was recovering from burnout and you helped me so much through that time and I don't know how to explain it from, I mean, you're the one who could actually explain it better in terms of how you actually or what acupuncture actually does to help heal. You just mentioned the internal and the external. How would you describe that to someone who's new to acupuncture? It's probably deep, isn't it? (laughs) It is very deep and there's a lot of funness to it. But the very yeah. crux of it is um, it's about creating an internal balance. It's always about homeostasis, about yin and yang moving together, and that's the real basic meaning of it. I guess if I ever explained what acupuncture does for somebody in clinic, I always give the idea of if we were in the backyard and, you know, when I was a kid, um, my two brothers, we would sit on the sprinkler at home, yeah, but there would be always someone, if you were sitting on the sprinkler, then one of the other kids would grab it and they put a kink in the hose to stop the water flowing through, yeah, and you'd get really angry and annoyed at that and you'd go, put the water back on, yeah. We have kinks constantly throughout the human body and the body is made up of many meridians and when we get a kink, things don't flow very well, yeah. The water can't flow through the hose. The same as the chi, the energy, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't flow. And it makes us feel uncomfortable or it produces symptoms and signs. So in order to make that flow, we need to unkink it. So yeah. we pop in tiny little little needles and that's what it does. Yeah. I it. love that. I love that explanation <laughs> with the hose. <laughs> the hose is always a good one because people can see it and recognize it. I think mm. for me it is definitely about creating balance and that's what we all desire, don't we? We want to feel 100%. like we're not rocky, we're not losing it, that everything actually flows well. Yeah, 100%. And it works wonders, acupuncture. I think it's amazing. Um, what, what actually led you down that path initially? It's a funny one, actually, because mm-hmm. I had started studying naturopathy and I'd been right. overseas and I'd come back and I thought, I actually really want to do something where I'm caring for people. So I was in my late 20s when I started thinking about what I actually want to do as a real job. And (laughs) I had started studying and in my very first semester I'd had a, um, there was a lecture on different modalities, so different natural therapies, and one of them was on acupuncture. And the person talking completely set off, you know, bells in my head of going, this, you know, this makes sense. This is you. Yeah. And that's when I changed. That was, and that was astonishing to me because I'd never had acupuncture, never taken Chinese herbs, never, never even utilized or understood it or talked about it, probably didn't even know anything about it. But what, what this person said, it resonated so deeply. So I changed and it probably took me another year or so before I did have acupuncture but it was so much like you say it's such a change it's such a feeling it was instantaneous in that it changed things for me and I I can't I can't fault it for me it's what it's my go-to yeah in saying that with my kids it's not all their go-to's but that's also what I love about it. It doesn't have to be for everybody. You've got to find yeah. your thing, but that's where it started. And to me, it's an inherent thing. It's something deep and it makes a lot of sense. As intense as studying it was, it was it was just unfolding before me as though I already knew it. Yeah, wow. Mm. 
was completely your path and that resonance. It's beautiful when you find yeah. what's in resonance with you. Absolutely. And I guess like you said, that's important for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And what do you love most about what you do? I think making people feel different and mm, I love being around the people. I love I love giving them a different perspective. That's maybe the biggest one and particularly in women who have a set way of looking at something because that's how they've grown up and then giving them the idea that, you actually don't need to do that or there are other ways yeah mm. you don't have to think like that what's giving you the idea that that's how it should be done and then you see them it's like their face <laughs> shits <laughs> and they go oh i never thought of it like that i think it's giving people connection as well that mm-hmm. you know we can go along in life thinking we're the only ones that feel that or are in that space or that that's happening to but it isn't and so when you have someone that understands or can say, you know what, it's okay to feel like that, to be validated, I reckon yeah. that's probably a big tick for me. It's that connection and just recognising that some simple words can make people think a little differently and if it's in a positive strain, then, you know, perhaps my work is nearly done there. 100%. I love that. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I remember about you actually, really helping me expand my mind at that particular point in time, having that different perceptions can be really life-changing for people so I think when you I get love that. stuck do you I mean if you think back mm. to that time I mean I don't doubt that you already knew half the stuff I talked about oh Holly to you but when you're in a place that's difficult it's hard to actually think outside of the unless you're in that tiny little box you, you can't think of ways mm. to move you're confined and I think sometimes if you can penetrate somehow and go mm. actually yes that makes sense I already knew that yeah then you can move forward. just that confirmation and and somebody actually the telling validation. you that there are other ways the validation yeah, yeah yeah that's a beautiful thing you do for people really really life-changing actually thank you thank you now this question depend I'm not sure how this would resonate I guess let me know but um what would your perspective be on holistic health and well-being currently I, particularly the last couple of years with things shifting and changing in yeah. what's happening in the world anything kind of I feel like it's you? very misunderstood mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that you know when something is not familiar people can push it away and maybe push yes. it. it's not I don't see my job as trying to convince people of things not at all at yep. all and I'm happy with that that's also less energy for me but certainly if you're willing to listen to me I'm all right with that I'm, but I'm not here to change your mind. It's for you to do that. And I and I guess that's one of the, what's happened in life. We probably don't think enough for ourselves. We don't take responsibility enough because it's easy enough for someone else to do that. And so if I can say a word that will help you then decide or move you in a frame of mind that will go, oh, okay, maybe we could look at it like that. I think when we talk about acupuncture predominantly, it's woo-woo, isn't it? It's It's... Well, I don't think so, but... <laughs> well, I don't either, but that's... If I wanted to gain someone's trust, I'd go, absolutely, you can think of it like that. It's fluffy as, isn't it? Because science can't pin it down, but does science actually prove everything? No, it doesn't. No. Science is so immature compared to Chinese medicine. It's been around for mm. thousands of years. And if we want to mm. use that as a base and it's something that works, it might not work for everybody, but neither does, mm. does modern medicine, right? 100%. So 100%. if we can keep open minds to it, then maybe it's something that can work for you. And it's not to say that Chinese medicine isn't the only thing that I would use. There's many different facets, much like you use in your work. There's many different things that you will put your fingers in in order to help someone or work with someone isn't there yep it's not a one yeah. size. it's all so 
I think holistic health is misunderstood because we place too much emphasis on something that has that needs research. Yeah. Mm. If we can trust our own intuition, isn't that enough? Yeah. We know not to walk down that dark um, alleyway because something doesn't feel right. Do yeah. we need science to tell us not to do that? Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting right. one, isn't it, with the intuition? And I mean, I, I have this theory that with our intuition, it's almost like we've blocked it because of our clouding of emotions and traumas and being told what to do in some yeah. capacity that we actually can't tune in with ourselves. We're protecting so, ourselves, yeah. We're protecting ourselves, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, is there? No, no. Right? I think we're guess we feel a need sometimes, but yeah. yeah. Of course, absolutely. Yeah. I I feel like if we could be open to it more, then maybe there would be less disease. Maybe there would be less disharmony. Maybe we would see things for what they really are, you know, that we are pretty innate in our makeup and we've been designed so fascinatingly and why can't we rely on that, yeah? The human being, I mean, if you can push a human out of you, if you can make a human inside of you, <laughs> isn't that just mind-blowing? And then it, here's this human being that turns into what have you moulded into, but it has bits and pieces of your family and mannerisms and the genetic makeup is extremely fascinating. If we could just open up to the idea that there's not a, a, a one thing that's going to fix you, I just think society would be a little bit happier. Agree. I mm. completely agree with you. I wondered actually what your thoughts were on trauma and acupuncture and if, if acupuncture can actually help people through trauma. Oh, do you know, I'm actually trauma. I'm reading I'm one, of, one of the books on my bedside table. There's this one of ten I've been reading. It's called The Tao of Trauma, and that would be something I reckon you would love. Um, the Tao of Trauma, okay, yeah. yeah in reference to using the five elements i've only just started it but touching on it and talking about trauma i think trauma is something that becomes more and more significant yeah each moment and and right now is a very significant time for understanding trauma i think definitely acupuncture has been shown there's a couple of research studies that have been proven that acupuncture is amazing for it and it comes from many different facets. It's actually about understanding your constitution. You know, I could have three people in front of me that have a cold, but they all would be treated relatively differently because of their unique makeup. And it's the same thing when we have traumas, how they manifest, why they manifest in different ways with a myriad of symptoms. It's a really intriguing part of health right now, I believe. It's something that is not, it's not taught and it's not discussed at uni, but I think that can be a changing dialogue and it's something that can be more fulfilling in a role as acupuncture. If we're talking about trauma, we're talking about deep-seated emotions and that's why acupuncture is awesome. You know that. It works. Oh, yes. I think the first times I saw you a few sessions, I just was emotional catharsis, all this suppressed stuff was coming out of me and quite uncomfortable and I'm sure a lot of clients go through that. But it's what understanding, I guess, like you said, that that's actually part of the cleansing and part of the the rebalancing and I love that. It's very powerful. I find when you can see that for what it is, you're going to actually heal much quicker. I had that response last night with a client actually. Right very low, moving into suicidal tendencies. You could see, I could see she didn't want, like, clamping her mouth shut. She just, you know, the questions. They got to a point where I I had said something and I thought, I feel like I've actually scratched the surface there, left her 
I put my needles in, came back to her 20 minutes later and changed person. She goes, I actually know where this is coming from. Poured it all out, different person from the one that laid on the table. Like that, it it's, might not be mind-blowing to anybody, but to me because this person was so vulnerable and in a, such a low place to get off that table, literally jump off in a different person, I just think I feel so lucky that I can not only have been part of that, but that she could get it. Yeah. yeah. It, that's really hard, you know, as someone who works with energy much like yourself, you feel stuff, don't you? Deep. Yeah. That, that affected me the rest of the evening actually. More so from that point of view, I felt just privileged that she could move into that space and see it for what it is and just yeah. that layer away. Like you said, you're, you're pulling stuff off you constantly. There's still a lot of stuff for her to do, but, you know, taking that layer off is like it's like opening up the sky and seeing the sun. That's what it was like. I love that. I love that. It scares me also to a certain degree, but I love it because she was prepared to do this stuff as well. Yeah. 100%. That's a beautiful shift watching people go through those changes, isn't it? And like you said, understanding that unpacking the layers is actually making them lighter and can see the sun and that vibrancy of life and within themselves. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice one. Yeah. So trauma is one I think that a lot of people in Chinese medicine really need, need to take heed of because, you know, the body shows lots of stuff that goes on and I believe it's stuff that should have been unpacked many, many times ago, but mm. when it shows up in the body, it's actually big then, isn't it? Yeah, it's gone through many different layers to get there. Yeah. 100%. And if it's there and it's presenting itself as an ailment, then you've missed the point somewhere along the line. You haven't understood something. You haven't fixed something you really need to actually attend to. And that's a hard thing to bring across to people to get them to understand, yeah, because yeah. then it nearly becomes a judgment or it becomes a blame, you know, you know, I've done this to myself. But it actually isn't that at all. It's about you know, growing and, and growing and getting bigger as a person. Sometimes mm. that's hard to get across. You have to be in the right headspace, yeah. 100%. How would you, if you were speaking to somebody who was new to that kind of the body holding on to so many layers of traumas and emotions, how would you help them, I guess, understand that mind-body connection and, and how we can actually, I guess, less trouble our body with all these heavy this heaviness? That's, that's pretty Deep thing, I know. <laughs> no, it isn't, and it's a hard one to explain. And I, yeah, if I had someone in front of me who I felt was not open to hearing that sort of thing, I certainly wouldn't move into that very esoteric talk. But in there's times where I'll say, because I work with skin a lot, I guess there's a lot of there's a lot of skin stuff going on, mask wearing, whatever comes out on the skin. You know, to me, they're really fascinating because they're deep rooted. But talking to someone about, you know, when we've got pimples, like Louise Hay would ever say, she would say they're, they're small bursts or angry bursts of eruptions that are going on, yeah, and people go, oh. Or if someone has period pain, I'll go, what do you think about being female? And that's, you know, a little bit open-ended. But then explain that when we've got pain in the reproductive system, and that's our feminine core. That's, that's, mm. that's, that's how we define ourselves. It doesn't matter who you are. But as a female, if you've got period pain, clearly that you've been told a message that that isn't a great thing. You don't feel safe. Yeah. Yes. When you start talking in that way, I mean, I could just leave it at that and then let people ponder on it. And then you can see them just going, 
I think it has to be dependent on how receptive the person is going to be. They don't have to take it at all. Then again, this is what I know and this is what I see and it's not, not a lie. Your body's telling you that. Well, he tells you everything, doesn't he? Absolutely, <laughs> completely. One of one of my girls has, when she was younger, she used to have a lot of issues with croup. You know, the barking cough, and that cough is well, coughing is about your your barking at the world. If I looked at this kids, their demeanor, they're very passive. They're quite an introvert. She's relatively, she'll sit back. She's a listener. She's not a talker at all. Those moments where she needs to voice things. <laughs> or it's really affected her deeply, this is when this cough would come. Interesting. Oh, I would love it because then it gave me the ability to help her explore herself a little bit more. She's only young. She's only 11 now, but still getting her to understand herself and recognising those feelings, getting comfortable with them, that's part of her process of life. Yeah, and That's also what I said in job and clinic, but also at home, getting the kids to be comfortable with the things that happen inside of them. Because if you can't be, then maybe that's where we do end up with period pain. Maybe that's where you end up with an autoimmune disease. Um, not to say it's your fault, but we've got, we're not here just to live, are we? No. We're here to expand. So Love it. I love that sort of thing because otherwise this kid wouldn't say anything. She wouldn't, yeah, because she's quiet. Words are not her thing. She could climb something, absolutely, but she's an <laughs> observer, yeah? So yeah. it doesn't use this and it needs to be used more. So teaching her to use that more to help her feel comfortable is significant. It's part of her growing. Mm. Yeah? She, she's drowned out by the others. They're a little bit um, extrovert compared to her. How lucky are your children to have a mother like you, so insightful and helping them really see deeper layers of themselves and how they can expand. I think that's amazing. I hope so. I know I know that, you know, the talk and eating a ton of beans and kale is the dinner is not the <laughs> ideal and that cheesy pizza would be fantastic. But, you know, why can't we make pizza and I can use really nice mozzarella rather than something that's come from the shop? Yeah, and I say to them, oh, it doesn't bother me if you find that really hard because I know when you become older, when you're an adult, You'll be appreciative of those things. This is knowledge that I have, that I've been given, that I'm passing on, and you'll use it. And I hear them using it. You know, we'll be in the supermarket talking about watermelon and it's winter and they'll go, Mama, why is it watermelon? It's like not even watermelon season. You can't eat watermelon now. It's too cold. And I just think, you crazy kids, I love it. (laughs) That's great. When you're going through a difficult time or your kids are going through a difficult time, do you have specific tools that you like to draw on that you might like to share with people that might be helpful? Yeah, look, I think, you know, the buzzword at the, med- at the moment is meditation and that's always been a long part of my life. It's, it's, it's the drug for me. It's the space that takes you into creating clarity and openness. It's a nervous system reset it's a happy place and I love I love when people talk about that they can't meditate and I explain to them, you're doing it all the time, you just don't realise it. Being able to instil that in that, you know what, it's not it's not a challenge, only if you want it to be. And it's not something that you have to be bloody awesome at. It's just something that makes you feel good. So meditation is always a base. Breath work, definitely. Breath is single handedly the only thing that can change your nervous system pretty much in 60 seconds. And I have proof of that with my youngest. She's eight and a fiery little kid. Yeah, fiery. can go to zero to 100 in 
in seconds. It's awesome to watch her change. This kid marches to her own beat, but watching her get exuberant with an emotion, and she'll often say to me, you know, Mama, I just feel, I feel all the hot. It's in my head. And I go, yeah, I can see that. And I go, do you want to breathe? She'll go, yep. So she will hold my hand. She'll either push up against me so she can feel me breathing. We'll just simply sit together. 60 seconds, we go through a couple of breaths. I can feel her change instantly. I go, what are you feeling? She goes, I feel better. Or she'll use visualisation and talk about, sometimes she's talked about colours that she'll feel. So her getting in touch or in tune with, it actually feels yucky. It's all black. It's in my spine. She says it more dramatically. (laughs) It's in my spine. It's like that. I'm like, okay, well, let's breathe it out. So using breath as an eight-year-old, shows me that breath across the board of human beings is something that we should be doing from a very young age, that we should yeah. go into any time that we feel like we're in a space that we can't control, that we need help with. So breath, absolutely. Breath and meditation, my top two. I'm also very big on using other therapies as well. Acupuncture, definitely. Love kinesiology. I love yeah. any energy work. I'm also a big fan of osteopathy because I, that uses energy as well. Yeah, And readjusting the body and moving it in ways that I think are quite fascinating, awesome. And in saying that, there's a couple of the kids, I mean, they all love acupuncture except one of them. That would be the passive one. She doesn't enjoy anything. It feels it's way too invasive for her. Osteo or body work works really nicely for a couple of them. All of them I try to do that. but. Those would be my base. And certainly one thing I've really loved, particularly in the last 18 months, somatic experiencing therapy. Have you done that? Have you heard of no. that? No. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Oh, it's it's so incredibly insightful and helpful. So it's about unpacking your emotions, deep-seated issues, anything along those lines in a very gentle, slow way, like peeling back the layers of an onion. And it's not working over things and talking about things and bringing them up. It's unpacking it very slowly and subtly using touch. It's a combination of things. For me, the gentleness of that is quite beautiful. The nature of discussion or talk, again, that's where I sit is is really significant because that works for me. So having that combination of uh, being hands-on but verbal and doing it in a way that is not invasive, that doesn't reduce the trauma, is a whole holistic version. And, in fact, the the Tao um, of trauma touches on somatic experiencing therapy, actually. Um, Right. I think it's a great way for people to let go of stuff. It's a great combo. So that's been one of my things that I've loved lately too. That sounds amazing, actually. Are you writing that one down? Yeah, I did actually. I'm going to look at that one later. (laughs) There's so many interesting things out there, isn't there, to explore. You know, there's so many different ways that we can actually tackle ourselves and And unpack things. Isn't that great, though, Holly, that there's just not one thing? And that's what I mean if we confine Mm. ourselves to one mode of helping, Mm. confining yourself where there's, you know, I could expand into, like we were showing each other before, our crystals that we're hanging on to. <laughs> <laughs> um, use a yep. lot of essential oils. There's small things like that which don't make sense to people and so it becomes offensive or people don't understand so I, I want to run away. But 
to me, it's what works for me. It'd be the same as if I chose to relax, it would be absolutely. I'd be reading a book with a cup of tea. I wouldn't be having my face in a phone or watching TV. My option is to be in a simple, quiet space because I know that's soothing. That's what I love. It's nice to balance out the yin and the yang. It's, yeah, if my my work is incredibly yang in terms of energy. So to offset that, and we have to offset it because how else do we balance ourselves? That's where I get that from, quiet. I like being up late, which I shouldn't because I love sleep and I need it, but it's quiet. And it's like getting up early in the morning. Early mornings, it feels like no one's awake. No one in my house. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing like it. It's very pure, mm. isn't it? It's very, I don't know, it's like I'm, I'm just in my own space. I love, I think early mornings are like new beginnings always. I love all that, Nicole. Thanks for sharing all that. It's um, really beautiful information to hear. And I love how you talked about balancing the yin and yang. I mean, I guess now, you know, things are quietened down in the world a little bit. We're kind of in lockdown where we are anyway in Australia. But how would you kind of talk to people more about yin and yang if people come in the daily grind and there's a bit of a push sometimes in there in life we're kind of pushed into our yang a little bit to a level but that's our choice I guess as well how would you kind of help people who are kind of stuck in that way of living that are very much in their yang that's an everyday that I would see in clinic yeah I bet that we need to achieve we need to go 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 I've got to do everything and I think particularly as women that's shoved down their throats constantly Mm. I love that not only being a female but showing you actually don't have to be like that you've as you said it's a yes and no isn't it but for me if I looked at my week of what I've got on I think Mondays and Tuesdays they're flat out days for me yeah because they're work and they're incredibly busy Um, there's a lot of clients that I would see in a day and so I will know by Wednesday I'm going to offset that by I will take it very easy yes I'll do very easy things because by the time I get to bed, it's late. I like to, if I can, sleep in. And it has been a possibility because we've had, we've been in this lockdown, there's no school. And so I don't have to get kids up to go to school. So for me, it's taking the day very easily. I've got Thursday and Friday planned out for the fact that I've got kids at home. So I can do this and I can go here and I can do that. So my day is always balanced out as a yin and yang. So if I, uh, so Wednesdays, because I want it to be very yin, I would do, yoga as an example or I'd go for a gentle walk rather than a fast walk for I'll give you a great example actually yesterday a a beautiful mum that I had in she go 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 yeah has her own business it's incredibly busy dealing with a lot of COVID stuff that's going on she's a lawyer a family with two kids uh, working from home so she was saying, you know, I go for an hour walk in the morning and, you know, I'm thinking of actually doing some yoga at lunchtime because by the end of the day she's tired and she works sometimes late into the evening. And so we talked about what sort of yoga she was going to do. And she said, oh, she followed somebody on YouTube and, and it's, she said it's quite active. And I go, had you ever considered that if you did yin yoga, as an example, very mm. passive, very slow, still opening up the body, using a lot of breath, might be more beneficial for you to settle down your yang day yeah? with your doing a job that is uh, a high mental capacity. It's very yang. It's very constant. Um, if you chose to do some yoga, then to offset that with yin yoga enables you to have more clarity by the end of the day. You're not so tired. You've achieved what you needed to get through. Things have been easy rather than draining yourself. So it's very much looking at, 
how do we balance that out? Because that's what yin and yang does. It moves into each other. It balances out a bit. Uh, we can't have one without the other. You can't have day without night. So yeah. we need to have active in the day but also some passive in the day because it will balance you out and prep you for the next day. It's like having a great sleep. I love that explanation. Thanks for that because um, it is so important. If we're doing our yang, I mean, what happens to our nervous system and, you know, how do we actually function? We just can't, can we? So We're constantly on and that's, you know, mm. when you're heightened, you do things erratically. You become clumsy. You don't notice the small things. You bypass the important stuff. You don't, there's no, you know, you lose compassion. You have no ability to see gratefulness in things. And really, I mean, besides breath, gratefulness brings the ability to change your nervous system. Yeah, that's research. Beautiful. That is I love that. I love that too. I think mm. it's so simple just to think of five things that you're grateful for right at this moment and feel that in your heart and know that that's true. You can change the way you feel instantly. Much the same, we can watch the news and feel really shitty, can't we? Yeah, it's our choice what we do, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it, Nicole. So insightful. What about in terms of, I'm not sure what you'd like to discuss here, it's up to you, of course, any any specific challenges or turning points in your life that I guess you clearly remember that you might have gained some deep wisdom from that you might like to share? Mm, okay. There's been lots of turning points in my That's life. Life, huh? Yeah. Yeah, and... I guess we can always look at them as as ways of um, being little speed humps to move through. And to me, I'm not going to say I run at it, but I like the idea of introspection or, or, you know, trying to understand why and how and what, yeah. I I always love the analogy of doing um, yin yoga, yeah. So when we could actually be in a room with others, and <laughs> yin, I find an extreme challenge. Um, it's a mental challenge for me, yeah? And it's a mental challenge because it's the dialogue that I hear in my head, yeah? Because otherwise, if we're doing stuff, we're not necessarily listening to what's going on there, right? But when we get into yin, there's you, and there could be the other people in the room, but I'm listening to, yeah, my conversation. And it'll be really odd things such as, oh, I really like her leggings. They're kind of <laughs> So true. I should have put my mat over there next to her. Yeah. Or I'd look at someone and go, she's so good at this. I actually really hate her. So. <laughs> Our minds. I love it. <laughs> oh, I don't have any kale and I really wanted to have that with, um, you know, the beans that I was making. So, oh, that's all right. No, I've got spinach so I can use that. And then, oh, yeah, the garlic, that was a bit gross the other day. So I'm not going to, yeah. This is in my head. And you're in yoga. <laughs> and sorry, in yoga. Then I, I can go, oh, hello, I hear you. And then I pull back and I go, so interesting. That's in your head. What does that really matter? It actually doesn't. Have a little giggle and then move on. So in my life, what I've learned for any of, you know, turning points, it's very much about let's check in. Yeah. Where is this at? Where do I need to remedy or work on you know when I had a relationship breakdown it was very clear to me that it's not about one person it's about a situation and there needs work to be done there was so much unpacking and unfolding in that scenario it took me a good couple of years and that still doesn't mean that it's completely healed but it's at a point 
we're uncomfortable. But then that also unpacks other stuff, then understanding those things. And I I think challenges are there to teach you something. And if that same challenge keeps coming at you, then you're missing the bloody point and you need to do something with it, you know. Life, there's always life purpose. And if we're being challenged by the same thing, things keep coming up, then you're not dealing with it. And maybe that's okay for some people. For me, I want to step into a better life. I also want to be an example to my beautiful kids that we don't just have to plod along. Absolutely fine if you want to. doesn't bother me. As long as you are happy and you're a good person, that's all that matters. But if you want to move through life nicely, you've got to deal with stuff. And it doesn't matter what it is, yeah. There's always ways and means. And, and like you said, there's so many different ways to go about it. We just have to find the thing that will help us. Beautiful. Good answer. I love that. <laughs> Everything's always teaching you something. And, you know, just that simple, what does that say? People say life is happening for you. In a way, it kind of is, isn't it? Like you're just learning through your struggles and it's just how you look at it, like you said, with the mindset and gratitude and learning and expanding. Always learning. Always learning. And I love Always that. learning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you might have answered the next question already, but what do you love most about life? I love looking at it in a different way. So what my partner will say, you know, why do you have to look at a recipe and then change it? And I go, (laughs) you can. I don't want to eat that refined sugar. I can use better flour and I can actually make that icing without any sugar in it at all because it's for the benefit. But it's also because I can, because I can think differently. And I think that's what I like most about life is that it's just not one size fits all because we know that's bullshit because mm-hmm. there's times where I think I'm not getting my boobs in that T-shirt because it says one size fits all. It doesn't. Right? <laughs> so I want, I think what I love most is that we can make things work for us and nothing's too hard unless you want it to be. In terms of your journey, would you, is there anything you might like to share that could help benefit others in particular? Anything that kind of just stands out mm. or comes to mind right this instant? I actually think it's probably relating back to that last question really and that yeah. there are different ways to do things and that if you want something to change, well, you actually have a choice. There's a choice yeah. for everything. And we actually said this before, didn't we? Ask questions. Why aren't we asking mm. questions? Is it because you totally. still don't want to know? I ask all the questions. Um, Interesting. My mm. kids would say I ask too many questions, but that's because I want to make sure and I want to understand and I want to mm. get a feel for it. And that's, you know, it's trying to, if I look at my clients, they're all varied and different. And to understand them, I have to ask questions to get to the root cause of things. I have to ask questions. So I, I definitely mm. think that's what it's about taking responsibility and asking a question and i love it we're seeing that constantly aren't we at the moment not enough questions are being asked and maybe the wrong questions uh, or they're actually not giving truthful answers maybe that's okay but ask questions the biggest thing there's nothing wrong with a question no and i love that you said take responsibility and ask questions because as you said Asking questions get to gets to the root cause. I really love that. 
Yeah. And, and maybe, you know, responsibility is about you're here for yourself on this earth. No one else is yeah. responsible for you. And even yeah. thinking, you know, my kids are responsible for themselves. I want to set them up to be great humans, but I'm not going to do everything for them. And mm. I need to know how to stack that dishwasher. And they need to know of course how, they do. <laughs> how to be a nice human when we're out for dinner, those sorts of things. That's part of life. That'll get them through. So taking responsibility for things that you do and say, well, that's just being honest as well. Yeah. If you go bullshit, yeah. go do it elsewhere. I'm not interested in bullshit. No. So, okay, well, any, before we finish off, gee, that, okay, that went quick. Yeah. Any final messages of inspiration you'd like to impart? You've already been so inspiring. Everything you've said, I'm so, oh, taking it all in. <laughs> any final, any final little messages there for everyone? Do you know, there probably isn't anything specific, but I guess if you have an opportunity, if anything, is really to understand what your purpose is here, to be a really kind human because isn't that all we need? I just want people to be kind and nice and to be respectful. If you need help, there's always someone there. You're not at a dead end. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how you do it. But you also have to be able to go, you know what? I want to do something, then I need to stand up and try for myself. But be kind, ask questions and be responsible. I don't know. <laughs> They're all great. Be kind, ask questions, be responsible. Purpose. I love it. Sounds like an alcohol lab, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I guess particularly now we're talking about this before, particularly at this point in time, finding purpose or feeling that sense of purpose is really important, I guess, isn't it really? completely we're on a purposeless path um, mm. because as humans we like to have something ahead of us um, and we kind of don't you only have something ahead of you in your own little space but outside of that there is no goal and um, that makes me feel incredibly sad um, because people are angry about that and they're taking it out on each other and mm. if I wonder if we could all be put into a space where we could look down on you know at a bird's eye view and just looking from like a fly in the wall if if we could do that and see it for what it really is mm. then maybe we would actually speak differently or we do things differently yeah mm. it, to me the world currently well this place currently feels very one-sided and and i don't like that yeah no, no, it's no, not no. yin and yang is it not at all <laughs> Need to find that balance. No, I need, need to come and see you yeah. for acupuncture. Yeah. <laughs> That's the bottom line. Completely, completely. All right, well, before we finish off, is there anything on the horizon for you that you'd like to share with us, any projects or anything coming up at all that you'd like to tell us about? There's been lots of things coming up, but they keep being cancelled. Um, yeah. In general, um, you know, with cosmetic acupuncture, I just think it's a thriving space to be in because it's such a great connection of doing something quite naturally enhancing we're looking at beauty we're looking at an internal and external so for me it's doing a bit more in terms of teaching in that space that's probably the smallest component for me in terms of you know trying to not I'm trying not to overload my head with a hundred things to do I can't that's not how I would operate normally. But for me, it would be expanding my knowledge in that area. And 
bringing that back to women in particular, and in particular, I have a very keen interest in the age group that is moving through the uh, perimenopausal phase. Um, right. Again, considered a nasty word to me. It's a phase of life to actually, it makes me smile. Yeah, it's got a pretty bad dialogue. So in saying that, that's where I sit mostly and that's where I want to give a lot more information about because it's got, mm. you know, it's got a bad taste in people's mouths when you say perimenopause. We should and be embracing all stages of our life, shouldn't we, really? Oh, absolutely, because there are phases of moving into better phases and mm. you know, transition is something that we do. We just feel uncomfortable yep. with it or we've been taught to dislike yep. it. So I want to change that dialogue. True. So definitely more stuff on women in their 30s, 40s and, and getting them to think a little differently. That's, you know, any that's pretty much very basic, but, you know, things are in the pipeline. That sounds very powerful. You sound like the perfect woman for that job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and where can people find you in St Kilda? In St Kilda, I'm at the John Centre. They are at St Kilda Road, 306 St Kilda Road. Um, right. Little venue, uh, purpose built. It is uh, very holistic, very focused on certainly cosmetic acupuncture, but all all types of general health as well. Uh, anywhere right. from fertility to mental health to gosh, anything that you could think of. It, there's not much that we wouldn't treat, and you know we have a lot of ways to look at healing. And I love that part that it's not just a one size fits all for sure. It's it's many and varied in terms of anyone that visits John Centre and you'll love it. It's it's a beautiful place to be and it's a beautiful place to work. That sounds great. I'll have to pop and have a visit. It sounds, um, yeah, like you said, it's beautiful that there's so many different things on offer for people to explore what actually feels right for their path. Yeah. Yep. So that's amazing. So we'll pop all the details below anyway, Nicole, so people can find you. And thank you so much for being part of this today. I'm yeah. so grateful for your time and your willingness to, to share all of your amazing, valuable wisdom and knowledge. Completely appreciate it. Thank you.